This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. As always, I am never alone, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. We're here in the building, good sir, and Cloud is Maximus on this episode of Moon Knight. Now, I hope you guys could hear that, because if you guys can't, then that voice must be in my head. And if that voice is in my head, how do I know which one of us is real? We'll be dealing with all of that in a conversation about Moon Knight, what is quite possibly my favorite Disney Plus show. And I know I already That's hear a people already getting upset. They're getting upset That's bro. a big stamp. A lot of people getting upset Coming already, from man. you, sir. Um, when I ask people, I think WandaVision and Loki are, are roughly up there. There's some people gonna, who really bang hard for Falcon I was going to say, your favorite, favorite Disney Plus show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the Marvel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but what I was looking for in it, like I really dug. I think maybe second is Hawkeye, possibly. What's, what's this looking for like for you? I, I, I guess instead of like just a ranking system, how are you liking these shows that they've been coming I'm, out? I, you know, it's funny because I don't have it in me right now to pick, to like be put in a position to pick of my favorite children. Yeah, yeah. You I know, see that. <laughs> or grandchildren, or what yeah. have you. You know, but um, I'm I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah, um, I am so surprised like it's one of those things where comic books in general work better in tv because of the episodic nature of comics some of these runs go on forever and you need episodes as opposed to trying to do all these stories in a movie i think things like the dark phoenix saga work way better as episode installments that build up to a big you know event uh, than just trying to get the character there in one movie as you've seen with multiverse, <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> you gotta jump through some hoops to get them to where you gotta get them. But imagine if they didn't have WandaVision. Imagine if Multiverse of Madness was straight off of Endgame and we were supposed mm-hmm. to just know from the pain of vision gaps, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, I love that we have these shows in the middle to kind of color things. But mm-hmm. what I'm realizing is that um, some of them are like almost scared to have stronger ties to the overarching MCU. And so I think this show works best because it doesn't really need any. It doesn't really, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm never watching this and going, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for the cameo or I'm waiting for, you know, where, where does this lead into the, because I'm, I'm a bit upset. Like Loki's a year ago. We're still nowhere closer to finding out what happened once they broke mm-hmm. those, those things there. I still don't, I'm not really sure what happened in No Way Home and, you know, we were we might be going back to the dark dimension after uh, multiverse of madness, but I, we're we're not getting 
as somebody who like reads the comments, I like I want definitive answers to tell me where right. we're going. <laughs> and this was a break from that, in my opinion. As somebody who I am jumping to the conclusion is unfamiliar with the character, um, did you know much about Mooney? As I, like I did, I did not, I did not. So I, I went in there completely marking with Mark, you know. Yeah. You went in there completely uh, dry in the sense that, yeah, like, uh, not completely. I know of Moon Knight. Yeah, I, I think know? we've all played Marvel vs. Capcom on occasion, or you know, uh, uh, seen the memes of the Dracula. Give me your money, <laughs> <laughs> you big dork. But random stuff go. Yes, random bullshit go. Um, but I guess what I wanted to ask is, were you aware of the dissociative identity disorder? Um, I was, I didn't know how, um, how I didn't want to say, I don't want to say crazy, but you know how, um, how <laughs> uh, wild intense, it is, how wild how it was. Yeah. Yeah. How wild it is. So, and I, um, I kind of enjoyed that in the series. Definitely. Uh, so just a little homework off the top. Moon Knight is an American television miniseries created by Jeremy Slater for the streaming service Disney Plus based on the Marvel comics uh, featuring the character of the same name. It's the sixth television series in the MCU to be produced by Marvel Studios, sharing continuity with films of the franchise. Uh, Slater serves as head writer with Mohamed Diab, I hope I'm saying that right, leading to direct the team. Diab is my man's. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you have been following, but he's been all over social media. Like, he loves this show. He loves promoting this show. Um, he has a picture of his daughter doing the Scarlet Scarab pose, uh, saying, wow, she has hair like me. Um, nice. And he had wrote in, in his native language that um, she had always wanted to straighten her hair because she said that Disney princesses had their hair straightened. Oh, uh, straight. You know, they, they, there was never anyone that looked like her with curly, I believe they're Egyptian, uh, hair. And... Um, yeah, so he created one. <laughs> you know what I'm like, so he just made it. Then he went out and he got on Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> and I even want to say Black Adam of being like, yo, all these movies be acting like they're going to Egypt. They're not going to Egypt. Like that's, <laughs> I see Spain in some of these scenes. I see, you know, all these other He basically was... Um, he basically was very vocal about how he feels that Hollywood portrays Egypt the same way it's always been portrayed since the mm -hmm. 16, whatever the hell, you know, like it's never evolved. There's never been clubs or, or people in Moon Knight though, Just we see, you know, in Moon Knight we see streets, right? Mm -hmm. We see streets, you see people walking up and down. We see people of different um, uh, ethnicities and occupations. Uh, you know, he really was trying to, there's Egyptian bangers in this. But there's some music in this. I'm like, mm -hmm. yo, let me find out. I need to go to Egypt real quick. So that's why I say he's my man's. And then Shang-Chi uh, got on him, the actor who plays him, when it was like, oh, you're, the Mandarin you wrote for Arthur Harrow is terrible. Mm -hmm. And I thought he, I thought with all the energy he had been given, like Wonder Woman and all that stuff, like that he was going to come back hard. And he was like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I completely understand because I get it when they butcher Egyptian and other stuff. So don't even worry about it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work we'll work better on it next time and i'm like damn <laughs> yeah <laughs> so fucking cool um so this this series is heavily influenced by the jeff lemire run of the comic which we had covered um a couple of episodes ago i believe it was still this year um and 
while not taking everything from it, there was definitely some moments and we'll talk about them as they come. Um, I guess right now is the best time to tell everybody this is uh, going to be a spoiler-filled episode mm-hmm. for all things Moon Knight, so be ready to get something spoiled. Um, I'm going to jump around. I'm going to talk about basically everything that happens, but I'm going to jump around because uh, that's just how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling like there's a lot of voices in the head, and we got to get them all in order. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say was I, I – um, in dealing with the absolute madness, and I would I would recommend that you uh, try to read that that story if you can, because it does kind of bring up the, how terrifying it must be to live um, and not n- trust yourself, not know you know if you fall asleep whether or not you're gonna wake up <laughs> somewhere uh, mm-hmm. different and all that other kind of stuff. So I always thought that that was um, I always thought that that was uh, super cool in the comic and they take it crazy in the show but um i wanted to bring up first and foremost the first person we meet in this series the first person we see take a drink from a glass smash that glass place it inside his chancletas and then walk around i was like oh what's he doing this is a perfectly good chancletas (laughs) all crazy um arthur harrow ethan hawk as Arthur Harrow, I love that Ethan Hawke's old enough now to be the old guy. Like he was always the young. He's he's the, <laughs> um he's Training Day, isn't he? Yeah. You know, so to go from that where he's the rookie of that to come to here, um, I thought it was pretty cool to see him as like, cause this guy doesn't raise a voice, right? Uh-uh. Arthur Harrow never yells. Arthur Harrow never like. It's it's all very in a calm, cool manner. He's lived his life this way. I guess that's how you live when you're in constant pain. Real and stuff smooth, like Ethan. Yeah, and I I thought he really killed it as a villain. I think we recently posted some video that he was talking about, like Marvel movies don't aren't that great or whatever. But <laughs> he's right, not yeah. on his that's calling. That's been going around. I've seen that. Yeah, it happens. Um, the second person we introduce, we hear the song "A Man Without Love" to introduce us to our boy. And listen, I'll tell you this: this is what I want to tell the people first and foremost when it comes to Moon Knight. I think this might be the most important thing I say, uh, regards to the show. This is probably one of the most rewarding shows to watch twice, because mm-hmm. when you go through the first time, you know almost nothing. When you go through right. the second time with the knowledge that you have, mm-hmm. it's more messed up, it's more funny, and it's more tragic. Um, we see Stephen Grant played by Oscar Isaac. Bro, you were born to play this role. So sorry about Apocalypse. I, I know how that hey, I was about to say, oh, man, Apocalypse. So sorry about Apocalypse. Born to play this role. Um, I remember early on being like British because Stephen Grant in the comic isn't British. They're all, uh-huh. None of them are of different ethnicities. They're all the same, uh, no offense, white man. <laughs> uh, you know, so I thought that him doing different accents was a bit funny but bro is steven grant not his clark kent (laughs) that's totally his clark right like that's totally his and the accent is bad but almost bad on purpose right because he got it from a film as we'll go on later on to to find out to uncover it's not supposed to to be good Uh because he's kind of made it up um, but we see him wake up confused in his apartment, his leg shackled to a nearby pole. That's all great stuff, right? That's mm-hmm. that's how everyone wakes up. Um, he undoes his harness. He removes the tape on his door that he's been placing. We see a huge pile of this tape. So we know he's doing it every day. And he, fe- he fins, uh, feeds his one finned fish, Gus. 
Um, and you know what he's doing while he's talking to why he's uh, feeding his fish? He's talking to his mother on the phone, bro. Talking to his mom. His mom. mom. Hey, mom. Uh, and he's like, "Thank you for the postcard." And the postcards are from the gift shop because no one's sending him postcards. Nope. He's sending them to himself, bro. Um. Yeah, uh. He he's, he seems incredibly tired, right? And just like in a frantic mindset from the beginning. Um, what, what were you getting? What kind of vibes were you getting from that when you, when you saw like that he's taping up the door and all this other stuff? I was like, oh, something's going on right off the bat. Who, what, where, and why? Um, yeah. When he was on the, uh, first of all, he got, he got up and he got up exhausted. You know what yeah. I mean? Already beaten up. So he's been at this for a little while. I mean, everybody looked like he's been at it for a while, you know? I also love that song, by the way. If you watched the if you watch the show, you know the song I'm talking about. Every day I wake up, then I start to break up. Lonely is a man without love. Uh, and so there and there's a there's a there's a moment, bro, in this pilot that's just, and we'll talk about it. But um, we see that we're in London. He heads to work at a, a museum, although he seems incredibly knowledgeable in all things. Like he's very smart about mm-hmm. Egyptian stuff. His boss doesn't respect him and think he's like kind of a weirdo, unreliable guy. Um, his coworker walks up asking him about a date that he doesn't remember asking her for. <laughs> and they go into a steakhouse and he's vegan. So he's like, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, he talks to an old man. Uh, there's a human statue. And he's like. Gold man. Gold man. And he basically gold tells him man. like, you know, sometimes I go to sleep. And when I woke up, I'm not where I was sleeping. <laughs> I feel like it's I got little, hit by a bus. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, he admits to having issues when he sleeps, and um, later we still see him try to do his best to stay awake. Like he goes out of his way to like listen to like a podcast or something that's like mm-hmm. how to stay awake. Um, this fails. He goes to sleep. What did you think when he woke up with a broken jaw? That was <laughs> in the great. Grass. I was just gonna mess. He <laughs> wakes up all busted. Oh my god. Um, it's just and then, that's like, the, and then that's the first time we hear country too. Yes, it is because he's being chased by some men while a voice in his head berates him. And, tells and you would him think, to, and you would, and you would think like he'd be close to like the city and stuff like that. Nah, he's he's deep wherever he the hell he's at. Where There's the, nothing but hills, grass, you know. And people are after him, so he's obviously done something that he gets, uh-huh. he doesn't remember doing. And this is the first time we hear about Mark because we hear a voice say, "Give the body back to Mark." Um, as he reaches into his pocket, he finds a gold scarab, but quickly escapes his pr- pursuers. His escape leads him right to Arrow. <laughs> Arrow's like <laughs> doing like a town square murder thing, right? Where he's like, everybody come around. And um, he claims to have been given a fraction of the power of the Egyptian god of judgment, Amit. Who, uh, and he has a tattoo of scales uh, that when he holds a person's hands, it shifts to let us know if Amit deems them good or bad. If they're good, eh, nothing happens. If they're bad, like the life force gets sucked out of them and then they die right there on the spot. But everyone who's doing this is like a volunteer. He's like in his compound. Like these are his people. Uh, so everybody's super down. They see him like a prophet. Um, but I like that he hides in the group and then Harold tells <laughs> says something like one of his commands in his in the language and they all take a knee a knee i mean it's just him standing up <laughs> oh, oh shit oh he was yo his his accent and then you know like oh no I'm just, it's not me i'm just steven from the gift <laughs> shop uh 
I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. want this. You can have it. I don't want it. Um. So and his hands. His hands just went over and. I, oh, yeah. So there. Yeah. He. he um. Stephen unwittingly outs himself, although he doesn't remember taking the item. But when he tries to give it back to Harrow, his arm just pulls away. People were getting definite Venom vibes, you know, where Venom uh, was controlling the body and kind of jerking mm-hmm. it around. Arthur gets frustrated and orders his men to take it from him by force, but Stephen blacks out. And when he comes to, all of Harrow's men are dead, and he's covered in blood. At this point, are you kind of are you kind of sussing out what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, to be honest, um, I, I was just um, I was just uh, upset I didn't get to see none of it. <laughs> what? But like considering Disney's rating, what a really cool way to kind of right, do yeah, things yeah, without yeah. doing was them. Kinda, right? To shift to shift that over, I thought that was pretty cool. Because there are instances. I mean, I, this is... so then, so, and then evidently, it's it's up to it's up to me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And you know? th- that there's a lot of blood in this show. Yeah. You know, like I said, yeah. uh, he has the scarab in his hand; it's drenched in blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, again, just blacks out. Um, uh, he has the scarab in his hand. He ends up uh, trying to run away. All of the men are dead. He b- bounces. Harrow sends his men after him, goes in the cupcake yeah. truck, blacks out again. Men are dead in his van. <laughs> and he has a gun in his hand. He don't know what the hell is going on. He goes to stop the men with guns. Aims uh, The guns get aimed at him. A bunch of logs fall down, and then he wakes up. This was Chef's Kiss. Because not only does he wake up, but the song plays again. <laughs> and, and everyone, including Steven, is left to believe, what a crazy dream. Wow, <laughs> all that was so felt so real and was wild crazy, but he's still here. His leg mm-hmm. is still chained up. So I guess it was all a dream. When Just the music comes day. back in and he wakes up and starts to laugh because he's like, oh, whew, I was so stressed. I was like, this is this is my show. Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody about to find out the fucking hard way. Um, so uh all seems well. Until he notices his fish has two fins. He goes to the pet shop and the pet store owner keeps telling him that he came in yesterday looking for a one fin fish. And she already told him she don't have no handicapped animals that he's selling. Uh, he realizes he's late for his date. So he gets ready and he goes to the restaurant but realizes after calling his date that he's actually two full days late. late. Two days. He lost that was two days. Crazy. After that. After that, bro, yo, let me tell you something. After that, oh my, I felt, bro, I felt lost. I felt right. lost. I started looking around like, what? <laughs> it, but th- I, there's a beautiful moment in here as well, right? Because as this is uh-huh. going on, where he is, uh, where he, you know, finds out he lost the two days, she hangs up the phone on him. The waiter comes up to him, asks him what he wants to eat. And he's kind of like brushing him off because it's uh-huh. all setting in on him. Like, yeah. I lost two days. How did I lose two days? This is all getting worse. What the hell is going on? And he starts to like cry behind mm-hmm. his eye. Like he doesn't sniffle and uh, but like the guy's talking him about the steaks and he's like, he, he that's the last thing he's fucking thinking about. He's like, something is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Something is really fucking wrong with me. And um he's killing it, uh, Oscar Isaac in this, just murdering it. Um, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> What does he do after he comes off of the uh, uh, date? Calls his mom. Oh, mom, it went great. I want you to meet her. She 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 loved the chocolates and the flowers. It was a great idea. And I'm like, 
bro. Again on the rewatch, I'm like, bro, this oh is God. so fucking. This is what is, ha- what is happening. I, was st- I still felt lost after that. I wouldn't be able to call nobody, bro. And li- and lying to his mother, seemingly right, because he didn't tell yeah. the truth about the date. Depressed that night, he stays home and notices some scratch marks on the floor, indicating the movement of furniture. Mm-hmm. Further indication, uh, investigation shows Stephen a hidden cubby with a key to his storage locker and a cell phone. He looks through the phone and sees multiple missed calls from a Layla and then gets an actual call from her. He picks up and she seems happy he's alive, but strangely calls him Mark. Before she could answer why she called him Mark, she hangs up. Suddenly a voice in his head calls to him and he sees his reflection in the mirror speaking to him, urging him not, I mean, urging him to stop looking into it. He starts to see things like the light flickering and him being chased by an enormous mummy with a skull of a bird who just appears to be an old lady. One jump scare later, Stephen wakes up on the back of a bus, seeing both the mummy figure and Harrow proving his dream with the scarab was real. Again, another like I felt you know, I felt crazy after dude, like the first <laughs> oh my god, like I felt they took first couple episodes that way, like being that it was, you know, br- brand new and stuff. Yeah. Just like soaking it in the first oh dude, you know how lost I felt. So did it did it try your patience? Did you ever consider not like I don't get no, this? No, like it, like like I was um, I felt like I was I was freaking going through it just like Mark. Like I felt so lost. Like oh my god, like what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, they do a great job of making you feel as disoriented as Steven. Yeah, bro, I was you just know? I was stressed too. I'm just you know I was I'm I'm looking around at the rest of the room because I'm watching you know. My brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my wife, and I, I we're, I'm looking around like, looking dude, at I'm, looking at, I'm looking at, right, I'm looking at my brother-in-law like, and he's looking at me like, what the hell? <laughs> I feel so lost. I need answers. <laughs> uh, Harrow and his men corner Stephen in the museum looking for the scarab, but he claims not to have it. Great thing. He's like, you know, I'm Amit. You know, I'm her avatar. Mm-hmm. Oh, the blue people. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Her avatar. I love the yeah. anime. No, bro. <laughs> Yo, he's so so great. He goes, I ate one steak. <laughs> he thought because he ate steak that he was tripping. Um, so uh Harold seems to have an idea of what Steven is going through. Did that bug you out? And he was like, Does it does it bother the voices in your head constantly? I was you know? like, I knew it something, something fishy was happening. Something somebody had to put something on. He yeah. knows some juju, right? Some bad yep. juju. Maybe he knows what's going on with it. Uh, he tries to read his scales, but they aren't balanced. Steven then just runs off. <laughs> I went back to see the scene if that's exactly what happens. As soon as he says, like, there's chaos in you, Steven just runs away. Oh, and later that night, later that night in the museum, he's chased down by a jackal. By an Egyptian jackal in the museum at night. It's terrifying. Uh, he ends up getting into a bathroom. And his, this is like one of the most fire scenes, I think, in Marvel mm-hmm. history, maybe. Talking talk in the mirror and stuff. And just the shaking and yeah. the color of the lights. And no, you just need to give me, calm down, give me control. I can, I can save us. That line, I can save us. Just, just give me control. Um, Steven eventually relinquishes control and we see bandages cover him, but then the beast leaps on him. So we're like, oh my God, I guess that's rap. He didn't get to get control in time. <laughs> Uh, I, thought also, I thought they said it was going to be six episodes. Yeah, just a credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, off screen, we hear the cries of agony 
and we see a uh a what no we see oh sorry we see the cries of agony we see a sink get thrown <laughs> and then we see a white figure pummeling the, the seemingly pummeling the um jackal to death uh before we get our, our reveal of the moon knight what'd you think of the outfit what'd you think of this I, reveal i thought the intro was fire bro yeah i thought the intro was fire you know um i went in expecting him to have hands and um when it comes to the shows i expect a certain level of hands <laughs> that's fair but um he kind of it kind of went over my expectations as far as hands go and yeah. and you know and if you're gonna have that and all that matters is the way you dressed it ah oh, man that was just awesome bro i think it was almost perfect introducing steven first because when you see mark for the first time in the reflection, yeah. he's so calm and he's mm-hmm. so sure. Even he even stands more authoritative. So in that moment, you're like, yeah, just get, he seen that guy. Yeah, seems yeah like for he knows real. Yeah, just, talking give, about. just give it to him. Just, yeah. just do it. Whatever yeah, it is, I know just you. Give yeah, it. just do it. And just do it. So I was definitely. <laughs> that was happy. me. I was like, just do it. Give it a good job. Stop talking. Now I've I've also heard from some people that um they were annoyed with old Stevie. Nah, why? I never, why? I never I got annoyed that. with him. I think Me people either. expected it to be more of a badass. You know, I feel like, like just I, yeah, I feel like it. I feel like it. Not that it's necessary, but I feel like it balances the scales and the and the character. You know, what, especially when we only thought there were two scales to. Balance. But then I was just about to say, <laughs> but then when you get to the end, you don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> and I got to pick. I got something to pick your brain about with that. So well, all right, um, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we get to there. Yeah. Next morning, Stephen when the V wakes up chained to the bed but he remembers that weird night in the bathroom goes to the bathroom uh of the um no he goes to his own bathroom tries to get mark to come out of the mirror doesn't work uh goes back to the national art gallery his job um and he sees that things are barricaded and the guy's like yeah something happened with the piping he's like no no no, show me the security footage bro i can show you what happened i was there and he looks and no jackal it's just him running around like a crazy man and then he's like, oh, but wait till I come out. And then um, we see him come out and he's like, yeah, bro, look at you. And and you could just tell from the look on his face, it's not Steven. And even yeah. Steven says, that's not me. And for the first time he has the kind of epiphany that some something's been using his body in a bit, you know, like, uh, and how do you deal with that kind of truth? Uh, very, very odd. So because no one else was there, they basically fire him and they're like, you need to. It's over, bro. Not only that, but they're like, you need to give in your name tag. He's petty. The museum. <laughs> I'm gonna I, go thought they, I thought they were talking about the scarab. I thought he was gonna. Cause he's like, do you have anything on the uh, from the museum on your person? I thought you were gonna end up revealing uh-huh. the scarab and get in trouble for all that shit. But nope. Um, he uh, but the security know, guard friend could have held him down a little bit more. I feel like he just didn't care. <laughs> yeah. And because he had the key to the storage box, he's like, all right, I'm just going to go see what's going on with here. He finds the storage unit after looking at it a couple of places. It has a military cot, a couple of supply crates, a bag full of guns, money, and just like everything a bad person would have, including the golden scarab. And we see an American passport with the name Mark Spector. So now we have a first and last name, Stephen Grant, Mark Spector. And Mark Spector seemingly looks just like Stephen Grant. So what is going on? Uh, he touches the scarab and it moves. And it starts to point to a mirror and Grant sees his reflection, Mark. And Mark is like, hey, I love, this is why I love this show because Mark's like, 
listen, you know, listen, like, just do what I say and I'll explain it all to you. He's like, no, 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 only you should explain it to me now. And he goes, all right, I'm the uh, avatar of Kanchu. Like, he just, he just, <laughs> he just puts it out. He's like, I'm the avatar of Kanchu, and because, like, you're with me, that kind of makes you his avatar too, bro. So, like, we just, we just got to do this. Get with the program. Yeah, we just got to do this. <laughs> um, and he's like, we made a deal, and the deal means you got to, like, take the back seat, bro. So... And uh, fucking homeboy is not happy with that at all. At one point, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take all this stuff, this bag full of illegal shit, and get myself arrested. And then I won't have nothing to worry about. No bodies, whatever. I'll be locked up. So he runs out of the uh, unit. But seemingly, Kanchu follows him. This big, scary, 12-foot-tall mummy with a bird skull. What do you think of this scene of him running through, like, uh, the running through the storage facility with the lights and conchu and all that kind of stuff there. I thought that was dope. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they're, they... Pop it up and, yeah. They are great ways to deal with... And again, we're still in a world where it's like, is any of this real? (laughs) You know? Just because he sees it, we saw him see the jackal. So what, you know, is is any of this stuff real? And I love that conchu comes out right as... Steven's like, I quit because he's like, well, I didn't hire you, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so bring that shit back because I didn't hire you. Um, he runs out of the facility. He's almost run over by Layla L. Faloi. I said that very wrong, so I'm going to call her Layla moving forward. Also, um, she is played by May. May Callum Moe. I might have said that wrong as well. Great actress, though. Um, so it turns out Layla is Mark's wife, <laughs> of all things. So Stephen now knows somebody who's married to somebody who looks just like him and seemingly can talk to him in mirrors. Very, very weird stuff. Um, but they're not going to be married for much longer because they're getting a divorce. Stephen talks to Layla, who thinks that she's talking to Mark. She begins to get both confused and frustrated because Steven's like, I don't know you. <laughs> There's something incredibly tragic because Steven is being 100% honest. He no. doesn't know her. Yeah, he doesn't know. And she seemingly is getting more and more hurt as he admits, like, he doesn't know her name. He didn't know they were married. He didn't know about the scarab. He didn't know <laughs> about the divorce. And at one point, he says something like, like listen, you seem very lovely. And and Mark's a bit of a prat. Like, <laughs> I I really don't know you, and I'm sorry that I don't. And I'm like, you're like, <laughs> like he's such a fucking that's, sweetheart. Yeah, that, kind of, that sucked, yeah. Like that was such an honest thing to say, and he didn't have to because he didn't know this woman again. He doesn't know her. He didn't have to say anything. But he's like, I need your help, please. <laughs> they they find the scarab. Because everybody like, knows more than the Mark. Oh, of course. I mean, more than Steven. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, cops come. And I love that he's like, they come in because I broke the toilet. <laughs> 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 That's not why they're here, bro. <laughs> Layla manages to escape with the scarab, ninja style, hanging out outside. They find Spectre's ID. They're like, okay, you're a fake. You must be doing something illegal. So they arrest him. In the car, they do their research. And they're like, oh, bro, uh, according to this, Mark Spector lined up a bunch of archaeologists and shot them executioner style. So you're a bad man. 
and he's like i would never do that and then they're like um, <laughs> then they just stop like they don't go to a jail they just stop the car and get out and he's like you're not taking me to a prison and nope they were taking him to harrow this entire time and uh that's what the entire neighborhood is full of uh harrow's people he's got they all got the tattoos it's all weird he takes them kind of like on a on a on a tour that guy grows tomatoes that guy makes soup kind of stuff um but i love that he's like you, th- you think Ch- can't you chose you because you're kind of broken like you're kind of fucked up or, <laughs> or <you> think, <laughs> uh, whatever and um i love that this is this is the part where i think even my expectations kind of got thrown because arthur harrow is not a huge comic book character he's not, also not in that run that we read that's very closely related to this um Kanchu, one could argue is the main villain of the story that we read and the ultimate lesson that you learn is that he's always trying to it's always going to be his way even if mm-hmm. mark tries to fight for freedom Kanchu will find some sneaky ass way to still take it from him which we kind of get in this as well um but the addition of harrow kind of changes things because harrow's like oh you know uh like what what is he telling you now and Kyle's just like kill him he's like is he telling you to kill me <laughs> he's like yeah he goes you don't have to listen to everything that he says and then like <laughs> you see like a, a a fucking fruit cart get tossed over and he's like that's all he can do he all he can do is throw tantrums like a kid like without you actually and now you can see why mark slash steven is so important to him because mm-hmm. with all these powers of a god the only things that he can do on a mortal plane is like throw some wind and knock some things over so uh, yeah throw a bit bit of sand um eventually harrow reveals that he was conscious first avatar which i thought that was a big deal i don't know about first avatar he was his avatar his avatar first um and he believes the difference between a cure and a poison is just the dosage and sometimes you have to cut off a limb so that the rest of the body is good um, and he's like, oh, yeah, but you're talking about killing children. Like, <laughs> a, a, ch- a children is not a diseased limb. By the way, if anyone's from the UK and, and you're offended by this, I'm so sorry. This is my impression of Stephen Grant's impression of a British person. But I love that he's like, you know, thanks for the soup and, and everything, but <laughs> I don't think I'm down for the rest of this. Yep, time to go. <laughs> and they're like, no, well, give me the freaking scarab. Give me the scarab, give me the scarab. Uh, and Layla shows up. She's like, I got the scarab. And they manage to run out of there. And then Layla's like, summon the suit. Summon the suit. Just just bring the suit back out. And he's like, I don't What about don't the soup? <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. The, the, soup. the soup. The soup. But there's a moment there where he's, there she's holding him. And she's like, listen, you can do it, whatever. And he's like, I can't. And she doesn't fight him. She says, mm-hmm. okay, okay. We'll, we'll find another way. Because that was a broken man. Like, he's sitting there and he's sitting uh, yeah. there. Like, I don't know what you're talking about and I can't do it. And I'm like, oh, Steven, you're breaking my heart. I can't get the soup. <laughs> yeah, you're breaking my heart. But they they summon a jackal, send them after uh, Steven. Um, and he eventually, uh, the jackal jumps on him and knocks him out of a window. And he's thinking to himself, summon the suit, summon the suit, summon the suit. Boom. Superhero landing. But then he falls over and it's not the moon knight suit it's the mm-hmm. mr knight suit i thought um, that was cool i was like oh that's cool and um he is like well i thought this is what you wanted a suit like everyone's talking about a suit 
um he gets kind of cocky in the suit kind of like boxing with the jack, jack with and stuff like that. but eventually kind of gets his ass whipped and then he's like you know what uh mark you can have the body gives mark the body mark spikes like a football this jackal on onto like uh-huh. a church spire <laughs> And again, Gene, I'm like, Gene. again, I'm like, this is not a regular, like this, this is some rough stuff here, man. Cause, uh, yeah, you don't usually see spikes like that. Um, but Mark, like I said, Mark is calm, cool, and collected. That's just how the man operates. Um, but, 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 yeah, so he spikes him, but now that Mark has the body. Steven's inside the mind. And Steven's like, yo, bro, I don't like this. You better stop. And he's like, well, I'm sorry. I'm driving now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm driving now. now. Yeah, 100%. And um, they just bicker back and forth. And then he breaks a mirror. And then Conchu shows up. And Conchu's, again, another dick. He's, I thought you said you could handle him. This wasn't part of the deal. Wow, you're so ungrateful, bro. I brought you back to life. And you're not even doing <laughs> what I want. And the thing is, like, the camera's spinning, and he keeps appearing behind him. Like, yeah. he's on the building over there, and then he's right behind him, and then he's there. And um, they're like, don't worry, we'll get the scarab. Because um, Harold ends up grabbing the scarab because uh, it falls out of Layla's pocket. So, like, fuck, he must be going to Egypt to go over there. Well, how the hell are we going to get to Egypt? And Contra just kind of, like, waves. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And next thing he's next thing he's, sky. that was fire, bro. That was so awesome. That was dope yeah, it as was. Hell. Oh man. And you just see Steven sitting there drinking a bottle of a booze and um he opens the window and it's the great great pyramids there in Egypt. <laughs> Seemingly overnight. As somebody who did a, a second watch of this, when he's sitting there, he, when he's sitting there, he's sitting there fine with a bottle of liquor in his hand, but there's a mirror pointing at him. The mirror is broken. Mm-hmm. His reflection in the mirror has bloody fists, mm. but he doesn't have bloody fists. Right. Yeah. So, so like, what, this is like this weird medicine of like Steven trying to break out or whatever, or maybe even Jake, who the hell even knows, but, um, really, really cool stuff there. And again, I'm like, we're going to Egypt. Like we, we go in places, mm-hmm. but then you kind of understand why this doesn't really have effects on, on the grand MCU because yeah. yeah. Um, Arthur Harrow successfully finds the place where Amit's tomb is buried, uh, but then he finds out Mark Spector is there, so he's like, "Oh shit!" Mark Spector arrives there, <laughs> and he and he uh, and Layla follows him, upset that he departed without any warning. Specter finds some of the disciples of Amet in Cairo, and although Stephen Grant tries to prevent Specter from killing anyone, all the disciples get killed, while both Specter and Grant claim they did not do anything. Hmm. Favorite part of this scene is that guy who licks the knife and then gets punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he does like a fancy lick and then, uh, yeah, right, right in the head. Sure. Spectre realizes that he has no leads on Harrow or Amet's tomb, so Kanchu makes a decision to call for the trial of the gods. Call all his homies up so the Inead would judge Harrow. Uh, Osiris, Horus, Isis, Tefnut, and Hathor gather at the chamber of the gods inside the Great Pyramid of Giza to judge Harrow, as Kanchu accuses him of trying to resurrect Amit and bring devastation upon Earth. Two things. One, I don't think we would have gotten all these Egyptian gods if the director was an Egyptian. You know, he's actually educating us on, on, on other that. stuff now. So I thought that was pretty cool. Second thing is... Kanchu is the worst. He reminded me of the Punisher 
uh, in trial. I'm the big bad Punisher. Me, like just getting himself in trouble just by yelling and not not being able to fucking hold it together. Because he calls upon this big court case, right? And he tell what does he tell, um, Mark or Stephen? Like I'm doing this, but we got to be very careful because if we don't come correct, you know they'll they'll trap me and whatever. And then he doesn't come correct. He just flips out and just starts screaming at everyone. And then they're like, Harold's innocent. So, you know, don't even, don't even worry about that. Um, they decide that they're going to go to a sarcophagus that was sold in the black market to get, um, uh, to find, a, a because it also has a recording of where Amit's tomb is. So they decide, they end up meeting this guy, Anton Mogart, uh, who has a sarcophagus in his possession. He's just like a rich guy who likes to ride horses and throw spears and shit at people. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, that actor passed away. Were you familiar with that piece of news? Uh, I was afterward, after the fact. I think even the episode is dedicated to him. Um, he died in a skiing accident. Very, very uh, young, unfortunate. Um, but yeah, very, this is like a really fancy man. And this is the first time that we start seeing that Steven knows stuff, right? Because Steven's like, oh, you just fold this and then you move it around and then and you can see the stars and, and all that kind of stuff there. Um, And then, yeah, they're like her and him and Layla are trying to, well, there's a cool moment where they decide they're just going to, they they figured out these guys are here up for no good. So Mark gives the body to, uh, sorry, Mark turns into Moon Knight and he does battle with these people. And then um, Stephen wants the, the, the body, so he gives it up to Stephen, and Stephen gets impaled by a bunch of spears. Yeah, like, oh, oh my God. take it back, take it back. Mark <laughs> <laughs> takes it back. Yep. So cool, bro. So cool. And again, it it does like some of these stuff doesn't make sense, but it doesn't need to. It's so right. the ruler cool. Like he jumps, and his cape makes the moon. The moon, symbol, symbol, yeah, the moon symbol has like, the crescent. Yeah, that was fine. So was like, cool. Oh, let's go. Nice. Oops so cool um so uh yeah all of a sudden stephen grant knows everything he's able to map out the constellations and it's supposed to point to Emmett's tomb however the star's positioning is what they were the day like the time she was buried so they need to know what the sky looked like at that time conscious like hey, don't even worry about it i'm gonna reverse the whole bro i popped time. so hard for that i was did like he oh, what did he do he broke the sky what did he do? And he's doing it like if he's uh, swiping left and right on Tinder. Like he's just, it's just a hand and they're doing it together yeah. in this moment or whatever. Uh, but, and I like that Harold's like, oh, he's getting desperate. Like this man just, he mm-hmm. just shifted the whole thing. And even when he called upon the Indiad, he blocked out the sun. He's like, I'll do something that they, they can't they can't ignore. And he blocks out the sun and they're all like, what do you want, Conchu? And that's, you know, and now they're like, well, bro, you disobeyed and now you have to get trapped in a... This is a statue. In the statue. Um, and then he's like, oh yeah, by the way, they're going to do, they're going to trap me in the statue. So tell Mark to free me when you get, like, when... <laughs> When you get a chance to unmark the me, which I always thought was a weird thing to say, because of course, like Stephen still knows who Kanchu is at least a little bit, um, but it it was like it was like leave this message for somebody else, you know, like <laughs> Stephen can save you, bro, but he's like, you want to tell Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, Mark will save you. Um, with Stephen's help, Kanchu, oh, maybe, yeah, I say he turns back the sky. Um, 
Oh yeah, and then Harrow has like this moment where he like talk. They they trap him in his upshati, 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 and um, uh, they like they bring it to Harrow, and Harrow just like has a conversation with this like if he was like it was an ex boyfriend or something, right? Like you abused me and you used me, but look at me now, I don't need you, and I'm about to be the most powerful guy. Yeah, magic king. And I'm like, wow, you that you would think he was above that level of pettiness, but he's not. Uh-huh. He's still very hurt by whatever the fuck Kanchu did to him. Uh Stephen Grant um finds the uh tomb, but like I said, now he lost Kanchu, which also means he lost his Moon Knight powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh he's passed out. The disciples of Amit try to attack Layla. Layla gets them all in the dark, in the in the desert with like flares and shit. Like she's so cool. <laughs> and so she takes them all on. Um and he wakes up and they both continue their journey to the jet to the desert. They they're having like a heart to heart in the conversation in the car, and uh Steven's like, Yeah, you know, um Mark told me about all this and you know, we're we're done with all this and once we're done with this, Mark will disappear. And Layla's like, oh, so you guys are just making decisions without me? Like, I'm, the, I'm the wife or whatever. And uh, Steven's like, well, you know, and he, he's apologizing for him. He's about like, I would have gotten a lot further in my any of my relationships if I could have just pretended it was somebody else and then apologized for that person after the fact. <laughs> no, 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 that was Matt. So I'm telling you, Matt did that. I'm so sorry, babe. I'd never do that to you. Um, Grant and Layla find a dig site where Arthur Harrow and his men are, are inside and they prepare to enter. Um, there's a weird like zombie moment, which I thought was kind of crazy. Uh, you know, priests that were entombed to protect uh, those who had been mummified. They came to life and they started, they're like clicking because they didn't have any tongues. Very scary stuff. They're just like doing... Um, Autopsies, like living autopsies, right? Wasn't that guy alive? Wasn't that one of Harrow's men? He like cut open or something? Yeah, it's very freaky stuff. Yeah. And then she he tries to get on Layla and Layla sticks the flare in his mouth. Like I thought she might be gone. <laughs> yeah, I thought I almost thought she was gone there too. Really, really cool stuff. Um, but yeah, she she manages to kill him. Uh Steven finds the tomb himself, and Spectre tells him that he would be surprised that he was surprised. Mark's like, oh yeah, I'm surprised you told Layla the truth about about everything. And he's like, why do you why do you lie to her? She's your wife. <laughs> Mark, Mark's like, yeah, 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 you're you're pretty right. Um, we find the uh, tomb of Alexander the Great, who was Amit's last avatar, and then he finds the Upshapti hidden inside his throat. And I like that he's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Great. I'm sorry. I'm not, I didn't mean to. Like, he apologized to a dead man. Layla's approached by Harrow, who talks to her about her father. He's a real dick in this moment, right? He's like, yeah, Mark was there, bro. You didn't know, you know Mark was there? It's like, Mark was there. You know, Scarab. Isn't that what your dad used to call you before your Mark killed him? Um, And so uh, Layla goes up to Mark and is like, what happened to my dad? And he's like, yo, it was my partner. He wowed out. He killed them. And then I tried to stop him. He basically killed me. And that's the that's his origin story. His origin yeah. story is 100% um, that he was a mercenary. They were on a dig site. 
um, and his partner went out of control. His partner's name is Raul Bushman. He went out of control and he capped everybody that was there, even though they weren't supposed to kill any anyone. Um, and so Mark goes to defend somebody and he gets shot. And then Mark crawls to as far as he can get and eventually ends up in front of the statue of Conchu and he dies. And uh, he wakes up. This is all in the comics. He wakes up and he sees Conchu there and he sees there's a like a cloak on him and he grabs the cloak and he's like that guy brought me back to life and now i'm beholden to all of his will now in this show when they do it they do it from mark's perspective but to everyone else in the marvel universe mark is just crazy Kanchu uh-huh. isn't real no one brought him back. You understand what I'm saying? Now you kind of get a little bit of a context to how he's portrayed in the comics, because not only does he have a split personality or, or dissociative identity disorder, but he's also um, no one else has seen Kachu to prove the things that he's yeah, seen. Yeah, he's real. Same thing with the jackal. Like so, to most people, Steve uh, Mark died and then woke up and was like, yeah. I work for him now. People are like, what? <laughs> but um, he, what do you think about Layla saying that Mark was with her because he was felt guilty about it? You think that's true? Mm. That Mark felt guilty about killing her pops, and that's why he decided to. Oh, that's her, a lot. Dater. I think that's he really dug trouble. her. I yeah, think I he think really he dug, dug her. her. I not to say that there isn't any guilt, you know, in in Mark's life, but hell. Um, Harold and his disciples then enter the chamber, and while Layla hides, uh, Mark attacks the disciples to buy her some time. But he still ain't got no powers, though. So, uh, <laughs> um, Mark fights the disciples, but Harold then just shoots him. Mark. And Layla watches in horror. Harold som- solemnly remarks that he cannot save Spectre if he refuses to save himself, and shoots him a second time as his body falls into the water. Suddenly, Mark wakes up at the Putnam Psychiatric Hospital, where he, Layla, Crowley, that gold guy, Donna, the chick that he asked out on the steak dinner, they're all patients. And Harrow, of all people, is his therapist. Mm-hmm. While being sedated, Mark gets brought into Harrow's office, where he examines Spectre's favorite movie, Tomb Buster, with Dr. Stephen Grant as a protagonist. Are things now clicking in your head in this moment? Yes, yes, it is. I'm like, so, no. I'm like, no, so, what's happening again? I'm starting to feel, I don't like this feeling. I felt this feeling in episode two. <laughs> so the, I'm the, starting to feel crazy again. <laughs> the Lemire comic that we were talking about actually starts this way. It starts with him in the hospital. And um, everyone's talking to him. You know, what's-his-face is talking to him. Um, it's not Harold. It's Amit. It's the actual Amit. Is, is is in Harrow's position and is like, um, you've never not been here. You've been here since you were a kid. Moon Knight was a character you drew, came up with here, and now you think that he's real. And all these other stuff you talk about, this Stephen Grant and all this stuff, I, I thought we were getting better, but I guess we're going to have to up your meds. So that that's happened in the comic. So what I wanted to ask you was, was there any moment in this where you might have thought that all of this was in his head. 
Like all all of this was in his head. I, dude, I didn't even like what's I'm like, no, this can't be no. I felt that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like I, I, at that point I was like, nah, we're not we're not doing this again. Don't make me feel this way. Dude, I felt helpless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I think another I think another reveal that they did in that they do in this, it's a mini reveal in the sense that if you have no context with the character, it that that would be the only way it could be a reveal. Um, but I still think that they that they did it, and it, it kind of was a, a bit of a rewarding reveal that we'll get eventually. I think in the next episode, even because one could, one wouldn't blame somebody if they saw this first episode, a second episode, and third episode, and assumed that Mark was Steven's alternate personality. Uh-huh. You get it? Right, right, right. That Steven's lived this life. And on occasion, he blacks out, becomes this Mark, becomes Mark. Yeah. does these things, and then goes back to being Steven. Um, were you on that boat at any time, or did you know this entire time that it was? I was starting Mark driving to get the on car the boat. And no, I was starting to get on the boat. You started to think that Mark was the I, at one point. I was already at one point. I was already on the boat, but it's it's the little things that kept reminding me, like the passport and stuff like that, the, the bag that he found. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know. But then I was already on board. So when I found out, I, was, I just felt kind of crushed too. Like, uh. Yeah. And that that review only works if you do this show exactly this way. Right. If you do it primarily as Steven, uh, which like, again, like it's, it's just a genius puzzle that they put together. Um, and all the pieces are there. When you go back and watch it, it's, it's all there. Um, so although Harrow claims that he's trying to help Spectre, he remembers that he was shot by Harrow and realizes that none of this is real. Spectre then tries to escape from the hallucinations, hallucinations and suddenly bumps into somebody, Stephen Grant. Yeah. <laughs> and they both try to escape, but when they get to the end of the hallway, they are approached by a Egyptian hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. And that's how... I love that video. Um, and yeah, this... I I damn near giggled at the end of this episode because I said this is the show I wanted this to be where they don't they're not explaining like there's a hippo we'll you'll find out <laughs> next time <laughs> next <laughs> week yeah we don't got nothing to tell you there's a hippo what do you what do you care and last week we moved the stars like what are you what are you what are you having a hard problem understanding um startled by this hippo that is named. Towerette, Towerette. Yes. Um, Mark Spector finds himself back at Harrow's office at the Putnam Psychiatric Hospital. <laughs> Harrow keeps trying to convince Spector that his superhero alter ego was just a figment of his imagination created to shelter Specter from traumatizing memories. Because of Ve- Spector's violent episode, uh, Harrow calls for you know Bobby and Billy, the same cops that arrested him, to now that now they're his orderlies. And uh, they basically drug him. He wakes back up with Steven and uh, Towerette. And the latter is explaining to Spectre that he's dead. And now he's in the afterlife, the Egyptian afterlife called the Duiat. Uh What I liked about this is that she mentions the ancestral plane. Yeah. I, I told, it's so I, pretty. I, that, popped, that popped the room for, for a few of us. Yeah, because, we, you know, we live in a world where all of our religions kind of Sit, you know right, they all right, right. pieces that sit with amongst each other. It would be weird if MCU put a definitive 
foot on the ground and was like, no, the Norse are the only gods, or no, right. the, you know, uh, these guys are the only gods. They're they're and all. And she said the and she said the ancestral plane is beautiful. Yeah, by the yeah. way. Yeah, so we're not to believe that. <laughs> and we agree. That and these, we agree because we've seen it before. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> We're led to believe that, you know, the afterlife is just like a weird pocket dimension that then um, it appears to you what you, what your faith is, what you want it to be, what you, you know, that kind of stuff. So I thought that was pretty interesting because I guess it lets them have their cake and eat it too, you know, Uh Um, because I'm assuming Odin went to Valhalla at the end of Ragnarok or in in Ragnarok, right? So we have a Valhalla, we have a... uh, uh, do do we at <laughs> we have oh the field of reeds we have um the ancestral plane really really cool stuff um do, 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 do. do we at they find themselves on the boat and she puts the hearts of specter and grant on the scales of justice so they can be judged whether they can enter the field of reeds or not however the scales are not balanced which means that uh steven and mark their hearts are com- incomplete so she tells them to take a deep dive in their memories and find the truth. Otherwise, their souls will be destroyed. Exploring their memories in the hospital, they come across a room full of dead people whom Spectre recognizes as criminals he killed by conscious right orders. Off the, I knew right off the bat. Yeah? I knew right off the bat. As soon as I saw those, all those people sitting at the table and they were all dead, I was like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> but the funny thing is... There was this like weird thing. As I'm talking to you now, we're gonna find out everything. Yeah. <laughs> as I'm talking to you now, I'm starting to realize they they did this very weird thing where it was like Mark was the boyfriend who had a bunch of secrets, uh-huh. and Stevens asking to go. Stevens trying to find out. <laughs> yeah, but like no, but like also show me and explain this because it's uh-huh. not he's not just finding it out on his own. Yeah. They go through this room for the people, and there's a child in the room, and he goes, "What? What's this? You know, like what's this about? Like." Yeah, um, and it turns out that that was um, their brother Randall. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we find out that Randall was killed when the Spectre brothers went to go play in a cave, trying to reenact the scene from Tomb Busters because the cave got flooded, um, and Randall drowned, and. We end up seeing that the mother blamed Mark for Randall's death and basically grew to hate him, stopped going to his birthday parties, just really fucking it's really it's really rough stuff. Is it yeah, it's it's rough all around. Um one of the things I thought was going to be revealed, because as they're going through this moment of the caves, they step on bird bones. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Um, I'm like you 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 know what can cause a flood? A little bit of wind, right? Oh, a little bit of wind. It. Like how long has Conchu been, right, been looking right, for right, the yeah. host? And would he think that he could cause a traumatic event that can? I, I, that's where my money's going till next season. If, if it's not revealed next season, I'll drop it. But it seems like it's right there, man. Um, what did you think about seeing this backstory of? Wendy, uh, Mark's mother, just completely going one eighty. I thought I thought it was good to finally get answers and stuff. Um, However, however, I didn't think. Well, I didn't think it was going to lead to the to to the review. Yeah, as it as it did, you know. And I thought the lead into the review was freaking perfect because he was telling. Because you thought you you thought 
you would think um, all the stuff that he was hiding and telling him not to go through was um, was just those main, like the stuff with his mom, his brother dying. You would think that would be it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and then after after all that happens, you're wondering like what other major thing, you know? And then he goes into the room. <laughs> it's almost like one of those things I love having I love doing this podcast by the way because only times when we speak and you know we hear each other's opinions can we form other ideas because now you having me think to myself that like you're right we already had enough tragic a tragedy for a tragic character we already had enough tragedy uh, tragedy for a tragic character prior to the death of his brother you put the death of his brother on top of all that and instantly you know your heart breaks um you have children or child, a very, very beautiful uh-huh. daughter. Could you could you see this level of hatred towards a child? Could you see? Of course not. You know, I don't know. I, like, I have no frame of reference. I have no children. But she turned. Right, like, right. And I, I get not not having something to blame, someone to blame when things like that happen, when you have mm-hmm. a loss. Loss is hard, you know. Um, But this felt a bit much i'm not saying i know what the actual response should have been to this but i know that this probably shouldn't have been it missing the whole birthdays probably shouldn't have been it uh-huh right. um but one of the other things is that he keeps telling him that stephen keeps telling mark this is not how he remembers the mother like i don't get it why is she being so mean i don't i don't, I don't understand um uh-huh. And Spectre's like, I you gotta we gotta he doesn't want to see none of this stuff. Like he's being more and more adamant, like don't yeah. go up there, don't walk over there, don't none of this stuff. Um we see a memory of the raid on the dig site, basically the origin, where you know Spectre is shot and he's crawling to Conchu's temple, and basically Conchu's like, What a waste. <laughs> Cause he goes to kill himself, right? He goes to shoot himself in the mouth. And he's yeah. like, What a waste. Um, and he's like, come do, you know, do my bidding, be my moonlight. And the music swells and he like grows. It's a really cool moment. He puts his suit on and Kanshu's right behind him and the moon's right behind them. It's a really, really cool moment. And he agrees to punish people on behalf of Kanshu. Uh, Mark and Steven then return to the boat as the souls are being judged and condemned before their time. We see the souls are li- dropping from the sky. So you're like, oh my God, no, uh-oh, Harrow must have done the thing with, you know, Emmett, because her whole thing is about judging you before you've done anything, you know. Um, turns out they can't bring Spectre back to the realm of the living as his body is mortally wounded, so he has no choice but to ax. Tauret to get a message to Layla to free Kanchu as they had no other option. She reluctantly t- uh, turns her boat back to the gates of Osiris while Spectre and Grant rush to the hospital to balance the scales. Spectre does not want to relive his memories and returns to Harrow's office as he wonders if Spectre created Grant to hide from the pain or Grant created Spectre to punish the world for what his mother did to him. But I thought it was a cool line. Did you create, you know? Yeah. You create Steven to hide from the pain, or did Steven create Mark to punish the world for what his mother did to him? Because that both of those things work. And I think he was touching on something that we will get to in a second. But what I wanted to say was there's a very heartbreaking moment right here because he says 
something like we have to go through these memories mark we have the mark's like no i don't want to i don't want to and he says if we don't go through these memories and layla dies it's all your fault and he says it's all your fault those are the same exact words his mother said to him and when he says those <laughs> words mark just starts violently hitting himself yeah, and flipping yeah, he's just wigging out flipping out in a way that we've never seen before. He's the calm, cool, collected one. He's like, no, no, you can't make me. I don't want to do it. I don't. And that's when he flashes back to Harold's office. And he has like a bloody nose and stuff like that. And he's like, what the hell's going uh-huh. on? He's just confused again. But what a heartbreaking moment. Like that, that, that's the links in which he's willing to bury all this deep down. That he's willing to hurt himself so as to not go through it again. Um, we see Mark hide in his bedroom from his mother. Uh, and you know, we literally see that his mother is about to come and just abuse him for the sake of abusing him. And um, right then and there, without any, you know, um, without any flares, smoke or mirrors, Mark transforms into Stephen. This this altar um, just appears itself and he basically just bases Stephen on randall and stephen grant from that movie and he has the accent he has the uh, accent and all that stuff yeah and that's when he finds out that he's not the person we've been following this entire time is a figment of imagination for the most part and what a reveal but also i have an issue with this logic and it's not an issue when, when i say it's an issue i don't mean like it's an issue and they messed up. I mean that this is an issue and I think they left breadcrumbs because, uh-huh. and maybe I'm getting this wrong, but you know, I'll, I'll talk you through it. Steven, Steven was created by Mark. Why? In your opinion, it's not like a yes or no and you're right or wrong kind of thing. Uh, just to get away from all the, you know, for the the, the trauma of it all, right? The trauma. But the, but the way that all they the make it seem, the way that they make it seem is that he turned into Steven right before the abuse, right? Uh-huh. Which would make one think that Steven would then remember all that abuse, right? Unless somebody else was getting the beatings. Unless it wasn't Mark getting beat. And it wasn't Stephen getting beat because Stephen can't remember his mom as an abuser. And Mark found a way to close all that behind him. We're seeing uh-huh. her come towards Stephen with the belt. Uh-huh. Is there a possibility that Stephen manifested his own? His that own the switch was a switch cre- created created his get, own shelter yeah. so that somebody would be the literal punching bag of the three somebody would be the living embodiment of all that abuse anger violence and grow up to being kind of person that could kill people without even really caring about it what do you think about that that uh logic that's 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 my headcanon all of this could end up being proven to be false but i believe that uh mark or steven subconsciously created jake to be the one to take the beatings that jake was the one to get the violence jake was the one which is why they're both like we would never kill but jake seemingly has no problem and it's killed me kill people i think in every episode i'm, I'm uh, almost assuming it's <laughs> to the point where every episode jake's been killing people and 
wouldn't he be the living embodiment of violence if all he ever that, knew was violence? If country, especially if country needs it. A hundred percent. Boom. Boom. And I think I think that that's what that is. And what a mind blowing revelation. What a mind blowing revelation that only comes from a place of tragedy and from doing a little bit of history on dissociative identity disorder. Majority of it does start off with childhood traumas, with your absolutely inability to deal with what you're going through at the moment, and your mind just fractures. It creates a whole nother reality, a persona, so that you can still live without crippling depression, tragedy, or any of that kind of stuff. It literally just snaps, it breaks. Um, so it, I think it's cool that there's somebody that's there's somebody this entire time that's been cleaning up and neither one the other ones have all thought the other guy was doing it and uh-huh. there's somebody out there that is is really doing it and not only really doing it but seemingly again like you said down to do it down right. to do it for who they're doing it for and that's all very interesting so um yeah we already did that he hit himself uh, Grant keeps disregarding what Spectre told him, insisting that his mother was alive and they talked to each other. But when, I, oh my God, I just read this and I almost fucking died. Bro, wait, let me see if I can find this. But for a second there, um, I was very confused about the idea that he couldn't remember his mother being violent. Uh-huh. Like you would think that kind of stuff would, um, I don't know, would be forefront in the mind and stuff like that. But I guess, um, yeah, I guess that's not the case. I also thought it was pretty interesting that in the comics, his mother passed away. I don't think his mother had any beef with him in the comics. His mother passes away and um, Stephen goes to the funeral. And Steve... I'm almost certain it was Steven. If not, it was Jake. But Steven goes to the funeral and Steven's like, um, uh, he's like, oh, he goes to the father. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're Mark's father. I'm sorry, but Mark couldn't come. You know, like, uh-huh. so he's like, yeah, you know, Mark would have came if he could, but he couldn't. So, you know, my fault about all that. And like, detached because that's what, that's kind of what he's there for, right? So I thought that that was, um, I thought that they were going to go that route with it, but instead they ended up going a completely different route. I am looking for a specific, okay, hold on. Uh, who do you like better, uh, Mark or Steven? I don't know, man. It's, it's hard, especially after after the ending. <laughs> out of the whole thing. Oh, you, you're saying you might have a third. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. You have a third favorite. Like I said, people. Like some people were having an issue with. I um, guess. I guess I like them both equally because they balance each other out. Did you always like them of, equally? Um, not at first, because I was just taking just taking them as they came. You know what I'm saying? And um, the fact that I felt like I was going crazy, I just needed to find out what the hell was happening. <laughs> before <laughs> you know i caught some ground and then when i did I, I got grounded with all this with all this craziness um i kind of do like them equally because they balance each other out and it's, it's a lot of the time it's funny too so 
I I love that he basically, uh, you know, he goes back, he's talking to Harrow, and Harrow's like, bro, like, they brought you in here because, you brought yourself in here. Like, you, you're here because you brought yourself in here, and you brought yourself in here because your mom died. And he's like, no, she didn't. And he's like, uh, I was like, uh, like not knowing what to say. And for the first time, Steven starts to bug the fuck out, right? This is the first time uh-huh. we've ever seen Steven, since all this has happened, kind of flip out. And he's like, Oi, don't say that. That's not true. That's not true. Are you having a laugh? I don't yeah. want to hear it. Are you having a laugh? If you say that again, I will freak out. I promise. And then he goes, would you like to speak to her? Why don't we call her? And all of a sudden, no, don't do that. Don't bother her. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. And then, please don't do that. Don't bother her, please. And then he says, my mom, my mom is dead. And my fucking heart broke because he knew. Yeah, he knew. A piece of him knew. He knew. And he had the phone hanging out. Waiting for him to take it too, and bro. When he did, I'm just and like, when he what you gonna pick do? It up, it's just the dial tone. Yep. And like my world came crashing down because I'm just like, what a like so much pain. You yeah, know? my feelings. I'm watching this. I'm <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, and so they. Oh, that that thing. Then then they actually end up showing the funeral. Um, where is the funeral? Yes. Um, Grant, uh, Stephen Grant sees the memory of Wendy's Shiva, his mother's funeral, which Mark refused to visit before breaking down and then switching to Stephen. Mark says that, that, uh, he could not face his father after everything he had done, but Stephen tells him that none of it was his fault. Um, there's a, there's another heartbreaking moment. Where he takes off his uh, yarmulke uh-huh. and slams it to the ground, and then picks it up and puts it against his heart, and apologizes for doing it. As we've all, I think, struck out towards our faith when things don't line the fuck up. Like you told me, if I did all these things, <laughs> that things would line the fuck up, and you get angry, man. You say some things you probably don't want to say, and and all that happened. And again, just all of this so tragic. And then the idea that Stephen could pep talk Mark about like none of this was your fault i'm just like that's all the emotions bro all the emotions uh steven and mark are brought back to the boat and they're like well your skills are not balanced which means you still can't go anywhere and you guys have to get thrown off the boat and get taken by these like sand zombies um but steven's like nah no you know what i'm about to start whooping some ass so he starts whooping some ass he manages to save mark but one of the souls causes grant to fall overboard and he freezes in the sands of the afterlife. Uh, his sacrifice though causes the scales to balance and Mark enters the fields of reeds. And that was the second to last episode. Um, I knew it wasn't gonna stay that way. What were you thinking around with this time? Of course not. How are we gonna leave the field of reeds? <laughs> <laughs> get, me out of, get me out of this field, yo. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful scene though. It does look yeah. kind of beautiful, like the ancestral plane. And even the stuff on the boat was all kind of weird and trippy and stuff. I thought all that stuff was cool. Um, like I said, this show knows how to make you feel disoriented in a way a lot of shows I don't think nail. We've dealt with a lot of 
unreal, uh, unreliable narrators and some people with some mental health issues, but it's never been depicted this frantic and this, you know, um, it's dis it's disassociative identity disorder, which means you're literally, you know, <laughs> you're all over the place. Uh, and I feel that way when I watch this show, which, you know, that, that that's a testament to them doing it this way. I also feel like this says a lot of important things about mental health. I think us as humans are always desperate for a way to cope. Desperate, you know what I'm saying? Like we, it's hard, man. Shit happens and we don't, there's no easy answer as to how you're supposed to make yourself feel better or what you're supposed to deal with next, especially when it comes to loss, especially when it comes to family, any of that kind of stuff. And so you end up in a position where, um, you can start telling yourself stuff in your mind and your mind is powerful. You know, um, depression is real. Dissociative identity disorder is real. Child abuse is real. All that stuff is real. And, um, like why, why we do have an actual factual mustache twirling purple, you know, energy wielding villain. Like the real villain is the traumas we face and are not okay. able to cope with and move past. And that to me was more important than any hippo or, you know, like <laughs> I got when I'm, when I'm feeling that message, like you see this episode and I go, how could anyone want anything else? You know, like, like, this is the depth that I wanted. It's this was, this cuts. is, yeah, this is the emotion that I wanted that I want something that says something, the lasers and the outfits and the music is all freaking awesome. But what is it saying? And across this show, various people are telling Mark that he's broken, whether it's Conchu, Harrow, any of those people. And I don't think he sees it that way anymore. And that's good because that means people are going to stop taking advantage of him. So we think. But at the tomb of Alexander the Great, Arthur Harrow collects Amit's Yubshapti from Mark Spector's dead body and leaves to complete the ritual. Morning Spectre's death, Layla disguises herself and follows Harrow and his followers. On their way to Giza, they get stopped by the Egyptian patrol agency. But Harrow's like, I got new powers, bro. And he just kills everyone. <laughs> and then Layla prepares to attack Harrow. But the hippo uses her powers to make dead bodies come to life. <laughs> it's like, Layla. The dead. Oh, my God. Layla, yeah, stop. Mark wants to tell you something. I'm like, this is hilarious. Again, super dark. Hilarious. You wouldn't see this in another show. You wouldn't see this with other heroes. So freaking good. Um, Towerette to stop her. Send, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, we need conscious help. Harrow and his followers arrive at the Great Pyramid at Giza, making their way through the Chamber of the Gods, although the Ennead Consul stands in their way. Despite their resistance, Harrow kills all of them. And he does it Jake style, like off screen. And you just see them all dead <laughs> on the ground. And then uh, he breaks the Yushapti and releases Amit from her imprisonment. I did not think we were going to get a 15 foot tall or a 1500 foot tall Egyptian god fight. But seemingly that's what we got. So fucking awesome because um, Harold's like, yeah, I'll, I'll totally die for you. And like, okay, hold on, hold on, bro. You're, you're my avatar. Don't, you ain't going to even worry about it. But Layla frees Conchu. And he, she, there's another thing. This entire time, Conchu's been kind of like blackmailing Mark on some like, if you don't do what I'll tell you to do, then I'll just make Layla the next Moon Knight. And he's been basically doing whatever he says to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, 
and even now, Kachi's like, so are you ready to be yeah, my avatar? Ready now? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm gonna get like, go find somebody else. So um, Mark's in the field of reeds, and uh, Hippo Lady's like, you're, you're complete now, bro. You're good. And he's like, yeah, but I don't kind of want to be here. I don't feel complete. And so he turns, right. his, he turns his back on the field of reeds. It instantly becomes the sand ocean again. He goes and finds Steven trapped in the sand. Uh, and, you know, he apologizes and told him that he was he was never supposed to see any of this. He was supposed to have protected him. And he places his full heart into Steven's hands and they both freeze. But then the gates of Osiris open and the light frees them both. And they leave the do it do yet. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Conchu senses Spectre and grants presence in the world of the living and makes a new deal, healing their bodies and bringing Moon Knight back to life. I love that. Uh, Steven's like, I'm part of this negotiation too now, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, none of this, yeah, none of this. Later on, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, we're both going to be doing this. And this is the beginning of the very fun one minute it's Mr. Knight, one minute it's Moon Knight kind of uh -huh, stuff. Uh -huh. Really, really cool, and I guess you. I guess I didn't realize after four or five episodes of so much infighting, how down I'd be for them just to be at the same fucking time. Mm -hmm. Like how down mm -hmm. I'd be just the same yeah. fucking team. So when they when they're both ganging up with this moon god, um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. Come come bring your case in front of him. But what I like is that they're like, okay, we want to redefine our arrangement. You know, after Amit. We want you to free both of us. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely gotcha. free both of you. Both of <laughs> you two right here? Don't even worry Not about done. it. Just don't Never worry gonna about see it. me again. Just go kill Amit. Just so... right? Don't even worry about it. Um, but I love that he goes, you, you want to you wanna negotiate now in the middle of all this? And he goes, yeah. It sucks when people want to do that shit, right? Because basically he was dying and Kancho was like, serve me forever or die. You know, like literally put in the rock in the hard place position at the worst possible moment. And they just spun that shit all around him. I'm like, so you're going to do it now or not? Nah? She's like, fine, fine. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. You two are free. Layla gets told by Salim that the only way to stop Amit is to imprison her inside the vulnerable human body instead of a Yushapti. Uh, without any other option, Layla speaks to Tawaret and accepts her offer to become a temporary avatar. Tawaret grants her with ceremonial armor and she becomes our scarlet scarab badass looking outfit yeah that was, badass that was in it. um and you know as i said earlier on you know um there's a there's a line in this that wasn't wasn't they thought could have found a way to make it less velveta to make it less craft to make it less cheese but right, it's right. a it's a poignant line anyway because at one point she's out there and she's fighting in egypt and a little girl comes up to her and says, wow, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she says, yes. Yes, I am. You know, hey. there's probably, there probably was a better way of saying that, but it nah, doesn't you know what, why it was, you know why it was cool? Cause it had badass read behind it. It had hands behind it and she had hands to begin with. So always, for her to, yeah, get, she was always to, for her to get some, some, some juice and to have more hands is pretty, you know? And I already dig her because she didn't give Steven a bunch of shit. Like she yeah. realized that something was literally going on, so she didn't she didn't fight him on that. And um, yeah, seeing the, I thought she was gonna turn into a big hippo, but seeing her <laughs> and just that garb, I thought was pretty cool. Got definitely Wonder Woman vibes, but again, actual Egyptian woman, actual you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So you know, I I definitely don't blame the line. Um, 
because after after I sat and thought about it, I was like, wow, really, huh? Like we're really we're 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 getting down to that point, and I'm I'm excited about it. Not for nothing, bro. America Chavez was the first Latina in yeah. the MCU with superpowers. I mean, as it a was. character, obviously Zoe Saldana stuff like that. But we don't right. have like people think the depths go as far as they do. I'm starting to think that they put Captain Carter and uh and uh Marie Rambeau on that team because when you look at the comics, it's just a bunch of white dudes. Right. <laughs> it's literally just a bunch of white dudes. There's no there's not a woman on the Illuminati. No girls allowed, I guess. I don't know, but um, yeah, I thought I thought she was a badass, like you said. Harrow unleashes his newly granted forces on Cairo because now he has all of her power, mm-hmm. and um, his followers are just walking around judging people, sending them to their death if need be. One of the people who is going around doing this is Mohammed Diab, <laughs> the director. He's one of the people seen uh, using the scales. Um. Eventually, Harrow gets confronted by Moon Knight and Mr. Knight, uh, while Khonshu ba- battles Colossus about uh, a colossal Amit. So you're having this Power Ranger fight going on in the background that no one else can see, and they're going at it. They're fighting on the pyramids. At one point, I think he has her trapped with the spear on the pyramid, leaning up against it. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. And then there's another moment where um, there's a moment where um, Mr. Knight does like a hallway fight thing and he just goes down and just starts whooping a bunch of people throwing knees and hitting them with his little uh, with his little billy club things and then he goes and throws one at harrow harrow uh hits it with his um with his cane, cane. and when it gets sent back mark grabs it mark, yeah, mark night, grabs and just yeah. Like, <laughs> that was fire I, I was like all of this all of this like i said i get i get as some people could be like wow some of the episodes were a bit slow or some of them didn't have as much action as i thought it was but i think as a package yeah it made you pop for the littlest things because they made you earn it mm-hmm. it made you <laughs> it's you definitely the payoffs there definitely um so uh, w- uh <laughs> and it's like yo bro can't you come on man we could do this together come on you know let's just do this and he was like nah man i give him a choice and you take that choice away so uh joined by layla steven and mark continue to fight harrow and his disciple but they fail and can't gets defeated by Amit, and all is lost and then a blackout and suddenly Mark's on top of Harrow, seemingly ready to kill him. Right, but everybody right about else the is everybody Kane, else is dead. Came to the forehead, <laughs> and Layla's like, "What the hell was that?" And he's like, "It wasn't me." And again, we're let's believe what the hell is going on. Um, and the thing is, like, whenever we see these scenes, these scenes, these are like horror scenes. Like, people are like. Mm-hmm. Their arms are broken and it's just rivers of blood. Like, and he keeps saying he didn't do it. So Mark and Layla bring Harold to the chamber of the gods and they recite an ancient spell. I don't know how Mark knew it, but they recite an ancient spell <laughs> to trap Amit inside Harold's body. Kanshu orders Spectre to kill Harold, uh, so both of them will no longer be a threat. But Spectre refuses, saying Kanshu is barely different from Amit. Upholding his part of the deal, Kanshu releases Stephen and Grant, or Stephen and Grant, uh, Mark and Grant. And uh, they find themselves at the psychiatric hospital with the their version in their mind of Harrow. Although Harrow refuses to admit that what they said was true, uh, Stephen and Grant 
I keep saying that Mark and, and Stephen noticed blood on Harrow's footprints, saying um, saying that he doesn't know as much as he thinks. Mark and Stephen dismiss Harrow's diagnosis and choose to save the world. Like uh, you know, you think we're you think we're broken, you think we're not good for nothing, but I think we can do some good, and I think we're gonna save some world. And they wake up back in Stephen's apartment. I think the song plays again. I think he's still chained to his thing, just showing that this is just an everlasting, always continuing, brilliant, beautiful piece of art, to be honest. Um, And I'm there and I'm like, I was kind of expecting something. As somebody who reads the comics, there's usually a third alter. His name is Jake Lockie, <laughs> cam driver, but whatever. I they fed me a buffet with this they gave me so much that i didn't think i was gonna get that i'm really not gonna sit here and split hairs about them not giving me a third altar or steven being british because he wasn't in the comics uh-huh. I, I as somebody who i mean the mcu has taken so many liberties with stuff right mm-hmm. i'm never i'm never one to quickly be like oh they changed this i i can't like it so i'm like whatever bro like you gave me all of this you didn't give me jake it's fine it's cool <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. Thank you. Thank you for this, though. Thank you so much. Um, and so we get a mid credit scene. I'm like, oh, June 19th. Uh, so <laughs> funny thing about do? that. I was like, so the credits, credits roll, right? Yeah. <laughs> I go, yo, press, you know, get get to the good part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After oh. the credits, you know, I go, boom. So I go, oh, there's not eight minutes of credits. There's something. <laughs> yeah. So we go and then that rolls. <laughs> yeah, we see Harrow. Uh, He's at a psychiatric hospital where he gets taken Getting out. wheeled out. He gets, yeah, he gets wheeled out by a Spanish-speaking man. Um, but all of a sudden, you notice some dead hospital employees on their way, and Harrow is taken to a limo. Uh, I thought, I, I, I know, I, as a matter of fact, I kind of also didn't know who was going to be in the limo. I was thinking maybe Stephen and Mark, but I wasn't sure. But when he opens it, it's Kanchu. And Kanchu also has the <laughs> Stephen suit on. I think maybe he learned something. He's like, I don't like this. Uh, the rap. I know how to dress now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need to. I don't need to look like a backwood anymore. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and uh, put on a suit. So, um, yeah, he go. Harrow's taken into the limo. He meets Kanchu, and he tells Kanchu, "Come on, bro. You can't hurt me. You can't do nothing without an avatar." And um, Kanchu tells uh-huh. Harrow that he had no intention of taking Layla as his next avatar. And um, that Mark doesn't even know how broken he truly is. And then he literally introduces to Harrow and the audience, Jake Lockley. And when when Jake Lockley turns, it's Oscar Isaac, same face as Mark, same face as Steven, says something in Spanish. He has a cabbie's hat and a scarf. um, And he shoots Harrow seemingly in the face for Conchu and drives away. And then I knew that this was my favorite show. Holy shit, yep. Holy shit on a stick moment. <laughs> then all of a sudden I was like, I, again, I was already thanking them for not giving me that. And for everything else and not giving me that. Then they gave me that and they changed it to a way that I can't even predict it now. Mm. So all I could think, all I could think of is I'm still thinking with my same logic sensors saying that um Jake has agreed to do this for Kanshu in the same way he has agreed to take the beatings. Great. You know, like he's agreed to, to, to 
keep all the dirt off of their fingernails. He's agreed to keep them as as innocent and as pure and as unknowing as he possibly can and do and do what he probably feels like he was made to do. He was there to take and give beatings. It's the only thing he's good at. Um and I hope we'll be seeing some more of Jake Lockley soon. I've heard con- um conflicting reports about whether or not we're getting a season 2. Yeah, we uh, better be getting a season 2. I I, I say <laughs> we better be getting a season 2 and I also think like this can still remain an extremely interesting and thought-provoking show without any MCU cameos. But if you really want to start flipping the script with some shit, just start introducing some randos. Random, random <laughs> like, you know, like Happy Hogan or something like that. You understand? I want to see what Happy Hogan thinks of this guy. Stuff like that. Like, I want to see what a what, like, quote-unquote run-of-the-mill hero thinks of Moon Knight. You know, and I think that some people were hoping for a Blade cameo. I think some people were hoping for a Werewolf by Night cameo. Werewolf <laughs> by Night is going to be Night a horror. Sounds. Yeah, it's going to be a horror. Or Werewolf by Night is going to be a horror um, special that they do this year. And it's the comic that Moon Knight actually appeared in. So people are thinking that maybe he might pop up in that next. Ooh. But what do you think? Do you think that the next thing Moon Knight pops in has to be Moon Knight? Uh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, unless somebody, unless we see Mark walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, <laughs> or Stephen walking down the street. <laughs> Are you Wanda? I heard. I heard, I've ter- heard the terrible news. Oh, we children. Oh, witch. <laughs> Hippo. <laughs> Later, Gators. That's it. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I love Oscar Isaac in this role. I think he absolutely kills it. This is kind of what he was born to do. The, the scene in which he's sitting, talking to Harrow and switching between voices. How genius was that? That he's was talking crazy. With British accent and then going back to Mark. And, and going back and forth, yeah. So good, so crazy. Supposedly, there's a there's like a a, a longer scene of that. Where, oh, wow. Where he like kills it, kills it, but the director had to cut it. Um, hopefully that comes out soon on stuff. But this is what happens when you get top tier actors with top tier source material. I always knew that this material would be rough on the uninitiated, the ones that are thinking about they're just watching Batman. You know, like this uh-huh. is way trippier than that. This has way more. This could raise way more questions without giving answers than that. And if you don't have the patience to sit through something that's not going to answer every single question that you got, you may not like it all that much. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is some people's least favorite show. But as somebody who hates things constantly being spoon-fed to them, um, I love this show. I thought, I think a weaker show would have had an episode that showed everything from Mark's perspective after episode mm. one you know to really hammer down like you see this is what was going on when he was mark and this <laughs> was going on when he was steven but instead they're like you know what what it was go go back and watch go back and watch and you you can see it from there really 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 good stuff um that's all from my recap and review i'm trying to think if i have anything else i want to say on the character i like i said um i i i am recommending this to everybody i know seeing some of the reactions from even the literally stuff like the fish what, what's going mm-hmm. on with the fish oh by the way <laughs> you, would, would you like to explain to the folks what happened with the fish it got what switched man that's basically what happened i wouldn't notice i can appreciate i could appreciate the try you know it was basically every sitcom where the parents go away and they throw a party and they break the one 
vase, right? And now they need to go find that vase and replace it. I wouldn't it have known this. It like four home. times after feeding the fish to notice. <laughs> I think that goes to show how much maybe perhaps both personalities were underestimating Steven. You know? He eventually figured it all out. But uh, yeah, that goldfish thing, that was the beginning of me being like, and they're not going to explain. This made me feel good. Make me feel smart. It reminds me of Breaking Bad in a lot of ways. Breaking Bad did a lot of showing and not telling. And it let your mind do the math. You know? And um, I think this does the same. But that's all the math we'll be doing today on Moon Knight. I, like I said, I can't say enough good things about it. I freaking loved it. I loved everything. Yeah, that, that was such a trip, man. I never had a show. Uh, they, they never made a show that made me feel so lost. And like, but just kind of trying to be like sympathetic and, you know. <laughs> between, between this, because the finale dropped the same week of Multiverse of Madness. And between this and Multiverse of Madness, it feels like Marvel's trying to put on their big boy pants. Right. You know, and what's what's even more ironic about it is they can handle more adult level subject matter you know why because they started about 10 years ago so all the kids that started this mcu journey are now adults with trauma and problems and issues so just as people the fans of the mcu are maturing it seems the mcu is also maturing to meet that level of seriousness you know um just like dealing with a i don't know um hydra seemed like peanuts when we dealt with thanos whatever we're about to deal with next in this multiverse with with gods like conchu and witches like wanda and all this kind of stuff is going to blow everything we've seen thus far out of the water and i'm super duper stoked for it but uh you guys just got to remember to be on the same page with all of us uh as we go through and try to rate and review all this kind of stuff that we are watching as part of the major issues podcast, which is available wherever podcasts are found Podbean, Stitcher, podcast, addict, tune, find Apple podcast, Google podcast, just Google, literally Google major issues podcast. And we'll be the first ones to pop right up. Cause we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Comicbookclick.com is also the one stop for all of our comic book click stuff. But the best part about it, merchandise made exclusively by moi. We got a Praise Conchu shirt that's coming off the shelves at the moment. We did a uh, moon, sorry, a blue moon <laughs> inspired <laughs> moon night, uh, blue moon inspired moon night shirt. Um, I, like I said, I love the shirt and it inspired me to make merch. So if you guys uh, want to support us, but also get a piece of one of a kind merchandise, consider going to comicbookclick.com and hitting that shop CBC link. We get pennies on the dollar, but it doesn't really matter. It feels so cool to have those designs out and about. And I know that the people rocking them are the coolest people around. So keep supporting that way. Another way you can support us is becoming a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse. And as for as little as uh 10 cents a day three dollars a month you can help us keep our lights on here and avoid the hardware and the software that we need to make uh content we do all this content for your charge but 
you know, little, something as small as, like I said, $3 a month could help us out so much with these Zoom fees when we need multiple people on. And, uh, you know, everything is behind a paywall now, subscriptions for Adobe and all that kind of stuff. So we're working through some stuff with your help, but we could always use some more. So consider doing that. If you have no money to give us, that is absolutely fine. I will not shun you like Kanju. All I'm saying yeah. is rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't, because I've been to the future. I moved all time and space to see all what the, the stars look like. Can't do it again. If I do it again, they'll put me in a you whoop shop tea. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll be gone. So just believe me when I say I've been to the future. We do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it. I'll break the timeline. I'll end up in a little stone statue and nobody wants that. So make sure that you are liking, sharing, and subscribing, telling a friend to tell a friend, following us across all social media, facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click. Use that hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We'll be back next week. You know what we're doing next week? Men in Black Comics. Yeah, Men in Black Comics. Men in Black 2 turns 20 this year. And wow. we'll be reviewing some Men in Black comics to see how far the movie strayed from the original source material. I've never read a lick of it, so it's time to find out what the were what uh, how it inspired the movie and how all that went. But we're still doing stuff across all of our social media. I'm still doing my CBC Reacts videos of Superman and Lois. So we're always doing content. Make sure that you're just uh, choosing to be a part of the process by following us wherever we're, we're at. Because you'll get the news there first and foremost. But that's going to be the end of our episode today. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Clarence Maximus. Late date. <laughs> and this has been our moon night season one fingers crossed recap and review and remember whether you're mark steven or jake whether you're harrow layla or a hippo whether you're the fist of vengeance whether you're the god of judgment or whether you're just a bunch of podcasters just trying to have a good time remember we are the click and always remember that you yes you are Worthy. Wait.